solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for USA Today, Texans Wire, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman. Before we get to the Houston Texans, I cannot wait to tell you guys about Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson hosts Locked On Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news, insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Happy to end off the week with a bang. There's a couple of things we have to talk about. Heading out of the first full week of training camp, number one, we're going to talk about Max Sharpen and how he has improved over the course of the last week. And, of course, what's the show without talking about Deshaun Watson and the rumors heating up, not heating up, false rumors of him going to Philly. Can't wait to dive into that. But to open up the show, Tim Kelly, who is very confident in what he can do with this offense. Cody, I thought it was very important to end up this week to discuss what type of offense we're going to see this year, okay? Nick Casario, during the offseason, acquired 35 new offensive players, including 26 at the skill position. Wednesday, Tim Kelly said, each year your team is going to be different, so you have to find ways to play your strengths and find ways to cover up your weaknesses. Cody, I like that quote. I I wanted to talk about that quote out of that entire interview because let me tell you what I read, man. You got to find ways to play your strengths, but more so find ways to cover up your weaknesses. Last year, Tim Kelly led an, led an offense that their strength was number four. You know, Will Fuller went down. He was able to gain chemistry with Brandon Cooks. You know, essentially would have had two 1,000-yard receivers, um, almost had 5,000 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, in the air, seven uh, interceptions. Deshaun Watson had one of those breakout years right after he signed that contract. Everything else around Deshaun was a weakness. This year, you can look at the quarterback and say, the quarterback position and say, this will be the weakness on this team and everything else around them, including the running game, which was a weakness last year. The running game this year, we presume, would be a strength for the Houston Texans. The offensive line, we presume, would be a strength for the Houston Texans. The tight end group, we presume, to be a strength for the Houston Texans. And so Tim Kelly is actually going to be challenged a lot this year. Last year was easy to get away with, you know, deficiencies of this offense because you had number four who can make up for everything. I want to see, and you've been seeing it way more than I have at training camp and how this offense has looked, but I want to see how they're going to cover up their weakness this year at quarterback. And, I, and I'm not calling Tyrod Taylor a weakness, but I do think that is the weakest position between the quarterback and wide receiver. I think those are the two weakest positions 
on this offensive unit. Uh, everything else around them, how are they going to incorporate the running game? Last year, it was abysmal. What they do this year, they went out and fixed their offensive line, got better coaching at the offensive line, brought in two great running backs to compete in this running back room with David Johnson, Danny Beard, who's you know known to be good with his running backs. I just think last year was a product of not having talent around that O-line. And nine times out of ten, you know, the offensive line, I'm sorry, the running back was getting hit in the backfield before he could actually get to the second level. So I think it's going to be very important to see how they're going to scheme this offense. And when Houston was a run-dominant team, they were very predictable. They run the ball, Aaron Foster, a play action here, hit either Owen Daniels or Andre Johnson until they got you know, Kevin Walter was around, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It was a play action, pass, run, run, lean on Arian Foster, lean on Arian Foster. Very vanilla type of offense. I'm curious to see with the running game being more so the strength that we think it will be this year, Tim Kelly can still be creative in the run game. You know, I want to see how he's going to be able to kind of throw some counters out there. Will we see more of the offensive line pulling to open up, you know, different opportunities and, and holes for these running backs? You know, how the running back is going to get involved because you, you know, essentially have three different dynamic style of running backs. How will the tight ends be used? Will this be just a very vanilla offense or will he be able to, you know, get creative in a sense to give Tyrod Taylor an extra opportunity to win in certain situations, to get these receivers to win in certain situations and the running backs to win and get to the next level, which is something that we did not see last year. So we gave him a lot of praise and a lot of credit, especially when we saw Bill O'Brien depart from this team last year. Tim Kelly was able to open up the offense, which was amazing because when you had a generational quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who was committed to this team at the time, that is what the fans have been wanting to see for a very long time. Don't limit Deshaun Watson by your play calling. Randall Cobb called that out when Bill O'Brien was here. Remember that? He challenged them. We saw what you were able to do, but was that more so Deshaun or was that more so you breaking out into your own role and being your own man as an OC? Now this year, I want to see can he put Tyrod in a position to use his strengths, you know, get him out of the pocket, be able to get these receivers or tight ends in open space so he's able to get a groove and a rhythm going to make this offense move forward. How will he be able to make this offense go without number four? And this is why I truly believe out of everyone on this coaching staff, Tim Kelly is actually under the most pressure because John, to your point, after Bill O'Brien got fired, we did start to see this offense take a new step. But once again, that was with Deshaun Watson under center. As we all know, that is no longer, no longer the case. Now I'm interested to know how much of an offensive juggernaut is Tim Kelly really is. That, that's my top priority. Going back to your point, John, I do think that this is going to be an offensive team from what I'm seeing in training camp and from what we are being told and just having a common sense about everything that's going on with this team. This is going to be a run-heavy offense, just like back to what you alluded to the team in 2012 one of the greatest if not the greatest team in franchise history you just finished talking about how that team became predictable because it was running the ball so much i do want to say this running game might have an opportunity to be a little bit better than 2012 not because none of those three guys in the backfield are going to be 
better than Aaron Foster. That's not what I'm saying. But when you take a look at the quarterback position, Tyrod Taylor is a little bit more of a mobile quarterback than Matt Schaub was. And because Kelly still has somewhat of a dual threat quarterback on his side, he's still going to be able to open up that playbook just a little bit more. It's not going to be as complex as it was with Deshaun Watson because, of course, as you mentioned, that is a generational quarterback. But, Johnny, listeners, the progression of this offense for this upcoming season is going to come down between two players, and that's Nico Collins and Chris Conley. And the reason why I'm pointing those two guys out is because outside of Brandon Cooks, who else in that receiving core do you feel threatened by? And I have came on this show. You guys have read the reports. You guys have heard the reports. Almost every single day we're talking about how well Chris Conley and Nico Collins has looked in training camp. And I've been quoted by saying that those two guys are basically tied for wide receiver number two on this team. But once again, they are playing against themselves. And if Nico Collins and Chris Conley do not live up to the expectation that they are showing in training camp, then that's going to leave teams to just double team Brandon Cooks. And then that's just going to limit the Texans even more because now you solely are going to have to rely on your run game. And yes, you have versatility with Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Phillip Lindsay in the backfield. But those three guys are not tier one running backs. The only one that's a little bit close is Phillip Lindsay, and I don't think he's going to be running back number one, at least to start off the season. If those two guys can go out there and showcase that they can be a threat in the passing game, then that's going to help Tim Kelly a lot more because just like Deshaun Watson, when you only had one really good, reliable offensive threat, you add those two receivers in with an upgraded offensive line, with an upgraded backfield, that is going to help Tim Kelly and this offense tremendously. For what it's worth, in 2017, which is Tyrod Taylor's best year as an NFL pro, for what it's worth, he was 79.1% accurate. That was his pass accuracy percentage in three-step drop situations, followed by 65.9 in five-step drops and 55.8 in a seven-step drop. So for what it's worth, Tyrod can be accurate in certain situations where he needs to get the ball out quick. Let's make a play. One, two, three, boom. One or two reads. Let's move forward. Uh, and so that's one of his strengths. One of his weaknesses can be whenever you need to, you need for him to go through a more of a, uh, how can I put this, progress play, Progressing, progress replay, then those numbers may dwindle. I will say that in five-step drops, he completed 107 out of 80, 185 attempts. So just more attempts, the percentage-wise, will be down. So, you know, like I said, for what it's worth, and Kelly did say that Tyrod Taylor understands the plays, how they call it, and what are the specifics from this offense to the different offenses he's played in. He's doing a good job with that. He's got good control of the huddle at this time. So take that with a grain of salt. We'll see what type of offense Tim Kelly will put around Tyrod Taylor and this Houston Texans team. Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a Bill Bar fan like myself and my mom now, I got her on the train. Everybody's passionate about their fave, whether it's coconut, coconut almond, Raspberry, cherry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, 
salted caramel, or peanut butter brownie. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. With 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carb. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. And continuing here with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, John, listeners, one of the major topics everyone has been talking about is this offensive line, how how well and how good it has looked. And part of the reason why it has looked so good, everyone is excited that because Jane Campen has taken over for your favorite coach of all time, Mike Devlin, he is not afraid to make changes to this offensive line. And of course, the biggest change that everyone is talking about Titus Howard playing alongside Laramie Tunsil on the left side of the offensive line as he's now filling in the role as left guard. But one of the concerns that I had with that change was, what does that mean for the right side of the offensive line? Especially knowing that we are now approaching the second week of training camp and Marcus Cannon and Lane Taylor, the two guys who I do believe is going to take over as starters on that right side, still has not had an opportunity to practice on the field but john and listeners i am happy to come back and tell you guys if james campen decides to keep charlie heck and especially matt sharping on that right side as starters that still might be a good thing for the texans because when i take a look at matt sharpen he has made some major improvements in this run blocking And that is something I really wanted to focus in on because, John, just like what we just finished talking about in the first segment, we know given their quarterback situation, this is going to be a team that's going to rely heavily on their run. Going back to last year, part of the reason why they were so inefficient in their run game is because the offensive line, their run blocking was subpar, and that's just putting it in a nice way. Matt Sharping, throughout this first week of training camp, has created some major gaps that every single time he's on that front line, it's enough to see Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and David Johnson pick up some major yards. Once again, I know they are only playing against themselves, but as we head closer to this first preseason game, that is something that I'm really going to keep my eye on, whether or not the improvements that I'm seeing from Matt Sharpen is real or not. Because if it is, this offensive line, this might be the best version of this offensive line that we probably have seen since the days of Dwayne Brown. I don't know, man. I don't know if... John, I'm telling you, once again, I understand it. I understand they're playing against themselves, but... Well, I I just don't know whether or not Max will make the starting unit. Now, that's good for Houston to have... I think he has a case because I I think he has a case because as of right now, I have noticed that he is playing a lot of right guard. And I think we can all agree once Marcus Cannon get 100% healthy, he's going to take over at right tackle. Matt Sharpen is making a, a very strong, solid case on whether or not he's going to be a starter. Plus, even before training camp, you and I had a conversation on whether or not the last spot on this offensive line as a starting unit was going to be filled by either Matt Sharping or Lane Taylor. Yeah, Taylor is out. 
Matt Sharpen is out there showcasing that he has made a lot of improvements to his game. But it also, I would also call into play that Lane Taylor has spent time in Green Bay, James Campen, and we we've seen that's a good one. You know, like we we seen we've seen you know we we've seen just coaches so far kind of prioritize their guy a little bit more. And Lane Lane Taylor, I think if he's healthy, he is a better center. I mean, sorry, he is a better guard than Max Sharpen. But to your point. It is good that Sharpen's out there right now. He's healthier than he was last year. He's not battling any COVID symptoms or anything like that. Rehab that injury. Uh, and he all, he's also younger. I would like to see Max get a full shot because the final product should be the best available. Not, well, I think he can do good because I've seen him do it before because I coached him for another team. I think it should be. No, this guy is really busting his ass right now. He's 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 out there in the trenches, busting other defensive tackles' ass as well. And and I think he may be the best option to get a get a push for this team. We'll just have to keep our eye on that competition. And I think it's gonna be an interesting competition to really see who starts week one at what position on that right side of the line. And really the whole line. We know that Larry Tunsil. And Justin Britt are locked in at left tackle and center, respectively. But they may go ahead and leave Titus Howard on their right side, or they may go ahead and say, "Hey, we, we like you more on the left side. We're gonna we're gonna reconstruct this entire right side to get it where we want it to be." And their right guard position, I think, is up for grabs right now. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance, a big chain store, but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Betting on the Houston Texans does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast, Hosted by your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast wherever you get podcasts brought to you by betonline.ag.
So, Cody, Deshaun Watson, Philly, is it real? Can Deshaun Watson open up a lefty's cheese steak in Philly? <laughs> is the hype real? No, it's not. The news broke. You were out there today at training camp. You had an opportunity to hear more so from real team sources. Mm -hmm. and, and as of right now, it's coming off as just one big hoax designed by some guy to get NFL Twitter up in arms. And the guy who made that report was Chris Chapasso from CBS Sports. Talked to a source. They told me nothing is coming about. There's no trade talks heating up between the two organizations. Um, but I, I also was told that the Eagles, along with the Dolphins, they are calling the Texans almost every single week. And from what I'm being told, they want the Texans to come down on their asking price for Deshaun Watson, and Nick Casario will not budge. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you this right now. Nick Casario cannot really afford to do that. I, he he I, can't because I think, just I, I think Tua is the quarterback they need to go after. And John, just like I just finished talking about last week, a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, this is why the Texans should have departed from Deshaun prior to these allegations coming out. Absolutely. I think that uh they get the player that they want. They go, they go and get Tua. They Who, get who's looking phenomenal, defense. by the way. Who's looking for listen phenomenal. And I've been and I've been on board for the I've been on the Tua bandwagon. More so than the Jalen Hurts bandwagon. He has been looking phenomenal. You go and try to get you Christian Wilkins or Raekwon Davis. See what see what you can do with, with Xavier and Howard contract. And you go from there, man. You get you a couple picks. Don't the don't stagger this too long. Don't don't walk around that building playing with house money, man. Cause it's it's kind of too late for that. Scared money do not make no money. If Nick Casario was playing a game of, of dominoes, study long, study wrong, man. We would it, get ready to pass you up. You, you missing out on money on the board. It's a little bit too late for that. Tua. You better go get Tua. They, I'm going to tell you why you need to go get Tua. Because Tua, unlike... Davis Mills, two got experience in college, and he has a resume in the NFL. Not that long, of course, was a rookie last year, but he has a whole lot more to go off of than Davis Mills because Davis Mills is in a position of, well, whew, let's see at some point if he starts. Tua will be in a position of, yeah, we like you, Tyrod, but if Tua's here, he may not play week one because he just got here, but he it will be the starter for this team. And he will be the future for this team as well. It's a little bit too late for that, man. Tua's looking so good. I would, if I'm Miami, I'm not really giving a Well, if you get Deshaun Watson and he's able to play, then you make But, but that's play. the thing. Like, if Tua continues to showcase what he's doing, even Jalen Hurts, because he's having a pretty good training camp too. But if both of those quarterbacks – live up to the expectations that they are coming into the season with then you're really looking at a situation where nick casario has missed out but once again it's not his fault it's because what the sean watson was maybe he was maybe he wasn't doing off the field don't want to get into any of that but as of right now there is at least from what we are being told there's nothing really going on 
N nothing major is going on in the trade market for Deshaun because as everyone knows, listeners, you, it doesn't take a reporter with the best sources to know that teams are ready to pull the trigger on Deshaun, but no one really knows what's going to happen with his legal situation. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team and the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. John, some sports guy, hit me Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Y's. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Go ahead and use that social media. Let's get active, baby. Enjoy the weekend. Football was back yesterday, which means we will have a week slew of games this upcoming Saturday of preseason football. I don't know about you guys, but I'm super hyped for this NFL season. Why? So many different storylines, but specifically for here in Houston. I can't wait to see how the Texans respond after all the negativity that has been thrown their way. Rightfully so. Let's go. Until tomorrow. Sorry. Till Monday. You guys have a good weekend. Peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.